Hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce playbook podcast. I'm Andrew Ferris, the CEO of 4x400, an e-commerce holding company that acquires, operates, and grows D2C brands online. Uh, I'm so glad you're joining me today. Today we're talking about the challenge of success, the challenge of success in a moment like this, in particular the challenge of figuring out very simply how do I think about inventory buying when performance recently has been this good? It's a real difficulty and I'm gonna talk you through the basics of what's happening in our business and the initial thoughts that we have. Let's go. Well, it is just, it's just a crazy time in e-commerce right now. Obviously, it's a crazy time in the world, um, but running e-commerce brands right now, like it is just a crazy time. And, and so this week on the podcast, we, we've been trying to talk about sort of all things coronavirus and, and e-commerce in a lot of different ways, from a lot of different angles for a while now. Um, you know, we, we had that bonus episode with Jake Cohen from Clavio talking about sort of get outside of my three little brands, like what's happening in the broader world. And uh, you see the Shopify data, all these things we've talked about. E-commerce just all across the board is in an incredible position right now. Um, and there's all kinds of questions about who knows how long any of this will last and, and what will happen next. Um, and this week, like, I, you know, I have been on the... Um, like my my thing right has sort of been the don't try and predict the future beat um and i've i've sort of joked about that it's just like my refrain right now is just go over and over again like saying don't try and predict the future well that is all well and good but of course at some point um you're going to run into a situation where it's just not possible for you to behave that way at some point, you have to decide what you think is going to happen next as best as you can. Let me tell you what I'm talking about this week um, because, because there's a, something happening in all three of 4x400's brands right now where we are trying to make decisions about what to do right now and what to do in the future in concert with each other. And as you look farther down the line, it is just massively challenging to, to try to do that. So here's the basic situation of what's going on in our business right now. All three brands in the e-commerce portfolio and the 4x400 portfolio are just doing great. So uh, it's sort of a little tricky to do this against projections um, as a baseline because our projections have changed a million times in the last couple months, as I imagine yours have as well. We use projections sort of directionally. We set them up in the beginning of the year and then we change them often because a lot of the things we're using them for is like demand planning. Well, I mean, trying to demand plan <laughs> right now is is pretty challenging. Um, so, but I'll tell you briefly, right? So, um, for <clears throat> FC Goods, we've had the smallest total increase in in volume and performance. We've we've got about we're up about sixteen percent over our projection uh, from uh, for, from April, uh, which is just wrapping up now. Um, and the top line and our bottom line is up about the same amount, maybe a little bit more. Bamboo Earth, our projection is up, I don't know, by like 150 grand from starting from 250 grand. Like, and, and there's some there's some elements there that are tricky. So like we initially would have projected uh, something around, in fact, just, just a couple months ago, we had, we had said like, let's try and do six grand a day at um, a two and a half MER. You've heard me talk about MER before, the idea of uh, marketing efficiency ratio, <clears throat> sometimes called blended ROAS. The concept just being like total revenue against total ad spend. Well, that was all fine, but then we hit on some stuff. The funnel I talked to you guys about before, some other stuff we're doing, coronavirus. Suddenly we are 5Xing our ad spend, which is where we're at now. Still spending on that funnel I talked to you about before. Um, everything is working 
certainly not just because of us, but um, maybe even largely not because of us, but because of coronavirus and the way that's affected the e-commerce marketplace. So now basically we were, we were doing 20 grand in revenue a day. It is basically as thin of a margin as we could possibly take, just trying to take the growth, follow my own advice here, be as aggressive as possible, acquire the customers, acquire the email addresses. So now we're looking at going from a projection of like roughly 200 grand a month to like 600 grand a month in revenue, uh, somewhere around there. 10 grand a day in spend, 20 grand in revenue. Like I said, take as thin of a margin as possible. Um, and that, that, I mean, that's just a really quick and dirty version of it. The point is massive, massive growth relative to um, what we had initially projected. And then for slick products, the same situation happening. We're just seeing all kinds of incredible days. We're up from our April projection, 86% on the top line and like 120% on the bottom line. So we're getting more volume at more efficiency than we expected. And that's still, still without one of our most popular products fully in stock, including on Amazon, we'll remove some products. So it's just like everywhere you look in our business right now, we are up, which raises a huge and massive, like just a crucial question, which is what's going to happen next? Because we have to start buying inventory for what is going to happen next. So for FC Goods, we think we're going to have a good Father's Day and don't we don't have wild expectations for that. Maybe we should. Um, there's just only so much we can produce there supply chain wise. We're basically maxing out the number of products we can get from our supplier. We, we believe that that will be well within our ability even before coronavirus to sell. Um, so, so that is not as m quite as much of a question <clears throat> about what to do there. Although it is somewhat of a question. We are trying to get as absolutely as much uh, volume we can. And it's going to be a question if it turns out that we can produce more than we believe. Our our production team in the Dominican Republic is back to work uh, and they're making wallets, but it's just, it's just a question of how much volume we can get. There's also one little problem there, which is that we rely partly on um, the ability to buy baseball gloves, uh, old baseball gloves from all kinds of different sources. And uh, some of those sources have dried up, including like collectors. So collectors right now cannot go to swap meets and collect vintage baseball gloves because of the coronavirus. So that means that we have to find other places to keep supplying uh, old gloves from. And, and so that, that actually has created a little bit of a challenge for us. So there's all kinds of problems there, but that just kind of is what it is. We're trying to push revenue as much as possible, take advantage of the moment, and uh, at the same time, recognizing that there's only so much we can produce supply chain wise shouldn't be a big problem for us should be fine uh in terms of the total volume there okay but slick products so slick now is selling so much more doing so much more volume than we had than we had projected that we are already basically out of our next round of of uh foam cannons which is a product i've talked to you about before uh, one of our key products we make made in china uh, and so we have now gone back to an old supplier to order more of those to try and get some more of those faster and now are placing another PO uh, from our actual main supplier to get a main manufacturer to get to get uh, more of those as well. Ma placing a pretty big order, okay? Uh, so what I want you to think through for a second is this question. If we are beating our projections by a tune of 2x, right now, and we are not sure how long that is going to last for, what happens cash flow wise to our business if we go and place a big order like this and then suddenly the reality of the world economy actually starts to shift back towards where it was before? Or if people just stop spending because the coronavirus just 
like just, you know, stimulus checks are done and those sorts of things and people just kind of go like, it's just so hard to do that. So right now we have to try to project what we think is going to happen when we're pacing at the level we're at now. We also, on the other hand, don't want to miss this moment. So trying to have some sense of what we're going to do next is actually incredibly challenging because we could put ourselves in a really nasty cash position actually uh, by over-ordering inventory now based on our most recent performance and then having that performance dry up because of macroeconomic factors outside of our control. That would be a, a significant challenge for us, okay? So, so the slick one is a simple version of that because in one sense, there is also something you could do, right? Which is that if that happens, you could run a sale, clear out inventory. There's like, there's like some strategic things you could do to maybe solve that a little bit. Okay, but Bamboo Earth. Bamboo Earth, you may have heard me say, we own our manufacturing. We produce our uh, products in North Carolina in a town called Havelock. And um, right now we are producing basically out of a tiny little storefront, not built to sustain the kind of volume that we are doing. Uh, we, we have grown a lot faster than expected. And so now we have to make a decision about, do we actually not only want to move into, or not only produce more volume, that's not as big of a deal for us. Um, although we, we have very high ingredient integrity, so we have to make sure farmers have, um, have actually grown enough of our ingredients for them to supply them to us um, with our partners on farms there. And, and that is really important to us. We can't just go quickly find other ingredients and other suppliers a lot of times because we're so concerned about environmental practices and, and clean ingredients and those sorts of things. So, uh, so that's a challenge too, because that's not how things grow, right? Not just all of a sudden at once. But here's the really big question that we've been talking about, which is, <clears throat> do we actually go hire more people on our production team right now? I mean, like literally a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, we were adjusting our projections wildly down to, to, to be more careful about cash until we could be confident that our performance was going to be better. We're talking about doing six grand a day in revenue. We can absolutely produce six grand a day worth of product in the current facility that we are in. In fact, we would probably need to um, fire people, lay people off if it was the case that we were only doing that volume of revenue. Well, suddenly, if you're going to 20 to 25 grand a day in revenue or something like that in this, in this window, which is about where we're living. Um, if that's happening, now you need to hire people to create that inventory and fulfill that inventory because we also fulfill out of our facility in Havelock. Uh, and you need, to, uh, you need to think about creating more physical space in the facility, like have a bigger building. Okay, so we now have this challenge, which is over the next month, we're gonna back off our revenue. This is the plan, back off our revenue with the goal of ramping back up in June while we go fix some things on our supply chain and our facility and those things. This is the decision we've made. Go get the new bigger facility. But the same problem applies as I just said with Slick. Uh, we are going to go move facilities, go get a bigger place and potentially hire some people to help us fulfill that volume and hopefully more volume than that because we, we are trying to set ourselves up for maximum growth, trying to take advantage of the moment right now. But now we have this problem, which is, do we go and play, put, like, create the cash investment and additional overhead uh, of going and getting a larger facility with more people to go do that because we believe that this performance will continue. Again, extrapolating from a most recent data set where the performance has been, uh, according to Shopify's data, web traffic wise has been something like what they see typically at Black Friday. So the question is, what is going to happen next? And I'm just gonna tell you, from where I sit, I don't know the answer. And this is one of those moments where um, maximizing this moment really, really matters. Like. Protecting yourself by acquiring customers as efficiently as possible um, at the volume you can do, 
really, really matters. Giving yourself some cash protection if you can do it. Because basically, you have to hedge against the possibility that who knows what's going to happen next. And so as we make these decisions for our businesses, I, I, like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's possible that this is some kind of new normal. I doubt that. I think we, there's a human bias towards projecting the future based off, based off your, the most recent past, right? This is why, I've talked about this before, I think. This is why people invest in the stock market when prices are high because like, oh, it's going to keep going up, it's going to keep going up. And they sell their stocks when prices are low because they think it's going to keep going down. Uh, and of course, what you should do is exactly the opposite. You should buy when things are low and uh, sell when things are high, theoretically, or just buy and hold, but that's a different discussion for a different day. I'm not your financial advisor. Uh, so, but anyway, the point is we tend to, there's a, a recency bias where we extrapolate our most recent behavior out towards broader timelines. And that's the thing we're that we're challenged with. And we simply can't afford to sit and say, well, we don't know what's going to happen next. We actually have to put our chips in somewhere. So that's what we're doing. We're putting our chips in, and this is maybe the whole point here, in the idea that there is continued growth in front of us. We're placing inventory orders. We're setting aside the cash. We are, um, we are changing facilities and structures and hiring production and fulfillment people, um, all with the mindset of, we think we can turn this into a moment where there's going to be continued growth. We believe this is a key moment for e-commerce. We believe that this is going to be maybe not this level of performance for forever, but for some time, we believe there's still continued upside. That's the move we're making. I'm curious to hear what moves you are making in your business right now as you think about what's happening next. I'm sure we're not the only people in this position trying to figure out what's going to happen in two months and preparing inventory accordingly to take advantage of the moment, max it out, sell as much stuff as you can, while at the same time not setting yourself up for a massive cash problem if you can't move inventory that you order. It's a real challenge. I would love to hear how you're thinking about it. Get back to me. All right, so that's it for today. Thanks as always for listening. Thanks for participating and for interacting. I've gotten some emails and some tweets and those sorts of things from a few people and it's just super fun. The, the D2C community, like I said, I think last week, is just so giving and so um, friendly and it's, it's an awesome place. So um, I would love to hear from you about this. I'd really love to hear about how you're thinking about this issue in your business. Save, maybe you can save me from some mistakes. I'm, I'm all ears on that. Like I, I know other people have had to try and sort this kind of issue out and, and, I, and, and I would just love to hear how you're thinking about it. So hit me up podcast at 4x400.com podcast at 4x400.com would love to get your feedback there of course rate and review all that stuff's always super helpful and the best place to interact in the world of uh, all things d2c e-commerce is on twitter uh, and so hit me up at, at andrew j ferris spelled like fair uh, like paris with an f f-a-r-i-s at andrew j ferris i would love to talk with you there hope you have loved it and uh and again let me know what you're thinking and where you're at